And then I realized like the mushroom was, was like, hey, this is who I am. You're chill. You're in me. I'm in you. Like, we're going to do this. And what I really yeah. recognized was that I didn't trust myself to open my, myself up to the trip. And essentially, I never trusted anyone, including my parents. Like, I had such a wall up that I couldn't trust anything. And I cried so hard because the mushroom was the very first thing that I actually trusted. Like, mine. Oh, I'm getting chills right now. Mind, body, spirit. Because it was the absolute truth. Like, I was like, this thing, this little mushroom loves me more and loves us more than we can ever imagine. Hi, and welcome to Psychonaut Sisters. I'm super excited about this episode because I'm speaking with Taina about our experience on a women's only psychedelic psilocybin retreat, which we went on in March 2018. The retreat was facilitated by two amazing psychedelic scientists called Catherine McLean and Rosalind Watts, and it was in Jamaica with an organization called Myco Meditations. Um, in Jamaica, magic mushrooms or psilocybin is is legalized, and that's why that's why they hold them there. I was there because I was writing an article about the experience, and it was just really pleasurable to talk with Taina about this experience that we shared together and hear more about her life before the retreat and especially her struggles with mental health and depression um, and then what it's been like for her since returning and integrating the experience that she had there as well. I hope you'll enjoy this as much as I did. <laughs> okay, cool. So, hey. <laughs> Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. Are we are we live? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just thought I'd go into it, you know. <laughs> no, that's absolutely fine. Um, this is a wonderful opportunity. I'm so glad that you asked me on here. Um, I'm so glad that you came uh, on here. It's really yeah. good you managed to figure it out even with the time difference. Seriously, because uh, you know, you're my little spiritual sister, so <laughs> I gotta yeah. I gotta support my little sister uh, as best as I can. So yeah, um, I guess a quick intro. Um, mm-hmm. I am Taina, and I'm also known as the Modern Alchemix. Uh, I do intuitive healing, Reiki, crystal healing, um, psychedelic integration circles. Um, I also do some sitting and facilitation and support for, uh, for people. Um, but that is not my day job, even though I, I really am trying to figure out how I could really make this part of my everyday life. Because um, since we met, the calling from within of my nine to five just isn't what it used to be. And it doesn't really have a true purpose the way I thought it did. And I'm ready to kind of serve the world in this new realm because I do feel at home. Mm-hmm. when I'm in this space so so yeah that's that's who I am from Brooklyn New York across mm. the pond um yeah actual Brooklyn native I have to say that nowadays because so much gentrification yeah. people assume that you're from out of state and I'm like no I'm that's, from real Bed-Stuy I'm from here yeah. yeah I'm from here <laughs> this is my this is my neighborhood and you still live there right yeah um that's still amazing. live there um just because the way life kind of turned out I thought I would just be out of my parents house um I guess I don't know if you if we went this deep. I feel like we talked about so much. Oh, we so we little. did. 
You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so oh. it's like, I don't know, like what you, like, you know me, but yeah. I'm like, there's so much other stuff that's happened. And I'm like, I don't know if you know that, but I um, yeah. went through a really bad breakup and um, my mom was just like, come back home, save some money, buy a co-op or condo. And it just didn't happen. And unfortunately my mom passed unexpectedly. So it's kind of changed my priorities and being, as my dad says it, the only one that's in his corner at this Mm -hmm. time, um, he really does use me for a lot of emotional Mm -hmm. support. And, you know, like my parents are partners and so codependent on each other that, um, even though it's been three years and he's done an amazing job healing, he's still not there yet. And I, I worry about him. And also, and I know it's because between my mom's death and then our experience in Jamaica, um, my ability to to cultivate a relationship with my father. I didn't have that. We just never got along. And mm-hmm. I always voiced my opinion and he never liked my opinion. And I would, it was just a difficult relationship and mm-hmm. we just were not engaged. So that all kind of changed when my mom passed. And since Jamaica and some of the experiences that I've had, he keeps on coming up. And I realize it's really to facilitate the relationship that we're both seeking, but mm-hmm. at the time didn't have the tools to really truly cultivate. So, wow. Yeah. So Sounds that's why like- I'm still in Brooklyn. <laughs> that's why I still live with my dad. It's longer. Well, you know what? I actually think there's something really, really beautiful about, um, you know, these, this, you know, you're so rooted in your, in the place that, you know, that raised you. And like, I, I grew up in, in a part of London as well. And like my brother still lives there. Like my friends still live there. And something that I've been really missing actually in Berlin is a sense of like, you know, it's the same as some, I remember we spoke about this in Jamaica. It's like some, there are some, some similarities between London and Brooklyn and or New York having grown up in these places. And uh, I went to see a spoken word poet, like, in London like ages ago he's called Slam the Poet he's from South London as well and he said like I want to be that person that lives on the same street for their entire life and still find something to like wonderful about it you know yeah and it's like yeah I mean it's difficult because I think it's the same in your area it definitely is the same in your area uh, oh with gentrification God. you know and it doesn't like, yeah it's like it kind of smells the same but it doesn't yeah. look the same it doesn't feel the same um, mm-hmm. it's so ironic that people come here and they're like, oh, the culture. And I'm like, you're killing the freaking culture. Like, yeah. uh, we're known for having block parties, which is you shut down a block mm-hmm. and you know, okay. Back in the day, it was like super, like, I don't even know why the hell they did it, but it was, you know, a chance for the kids to like ride their bikes or whatever. And it was not the best neighborhood by any means, but we really have developed such a great, um, block association. So now we have bouncy houses mm-hmm. and clowns and ponies and, um, barbecue pits all over the place and it's a great day for all the neighbors to come out and to meet each other spend time with each other um, in a way that we're not able to in a usual way because everybody's doing their own thing mm-hmm. and yeah the new residents that are like I don't want um, block parties and Elias is too loud I can't sleep and I'm like so get Who's the hell out of the lower east side yeah like oh, I should wow. you not because it's actually happening right now where wow. um yeah, the new residents are trying to um, instill like a quiet tax of sorts on uh, on businesses. And I'm like, Elias was always live as shit. Like, what the hell? Like, if you don't like New York, get, get the fuck out. <laughs> you know, like, I'm so bitter about it. But yeah. um, it's also, I'm bitter because it's like, that's always kind of like put in our face of like, well, you guys didn't invest. And I was like, nobody invested in Bed-Stuy, you know, until 
the residents started changing, you know, complexion, to be honestly. Um, mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, no, we've had people this whole time who've been fighting, you know, to, to get the materials needed to build a, a safer, more thriving neighborhood. And that was never given to us. So it's kind of funny now, it's like certain people move in and all of a sudden, you know, all these things pop up and all these services are, you know, it's okay now to ride your bike on a sidewalk when they were mm -hmm. finding 12 year old kids for, right? you know what I mean? It's like all this weird stuff. I'm like, oh, okay. So uh, drinking outside is okay. Okay. Being allowed and obnoxious walking down the street because you're blind drunk, that's okay. But when my, you know, brethren do it from back in the day, it's a night in jail. So it's like all yeah. these complicated things. So well, it's funny that you say, they say, oh, you didn't invest in the neighborhood. Cause it's like, it sounds like everyone invested a lot in the neighborhood. It's just what you, your conception of investment is, you know, is it time, right. love, like care, or is it? Right. It's like, and I think that's what it is. It's like, what is seen as important versus what is important. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was just like, no, we definitely, yeah, we had high crime, you know, like definitely some of the highest crimes in New York city. But uh, it was still a neighborhood. It was still our home. And I think that's something that like, goes on, like, unnoticed is like, I think in parts of America, if you're like, if you're poor and white, there's an area for you. If you're rich and white, there's an area for you. But if you're black or Hispanic or Latino or however you choose to identify, it's like you stay within your neighborhood. So you don't really leave your neighborhood because you want to feel that comfort. You want to feel that familiarity. But there's no place of affluence for us mm. that we feel that, you know, like, where do we go? Beverly Hills? Like, I don't know where the hell we go. I don't know how this got so serious. Like, I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't mean, I'm loving it. It's, it's, yeah, I know. It's funny because this is like, when um, we were setting up this call, I have, well, obviously I want to talk about the retreat, but this topic that we've just got onto is one that I'm like really thinking about at the moment, like community, what does it mean to be in an urban community and have kind of like, people coming in because obviously I'm living in Berlin and I'm not from right. like, you know and I know that in London you know part of me feels very conflicted about about this and I'm like I'm sorry I hope I'm not contributing to gentrification in this city I get where you're coming from so maybe we could set the scene a little bit for Jamaica so how did you come to decide that you wanted to go on a psychedelic retreat um so I had battled with anxiety and depression, I think like a lot of people do, um, for such a long time, um, had gone on antidepressants for a short bit, even though I swore up and down, I would never do it, but it had gotten that bad. Um, 2014, uh, one of my episodes had gotten so bad and it's true. Like, I just did not want to be here. Like, so people who are close to started, um, pinging each other, like, oh, give me so-and-so's address. Hey, I don't have your mom's, you know, uh, number. Like, and what I didn't realize is that they were creating a network so they could remain in contact in, with each other in case nobody heard from me, you know, like, God forbid, wow. you know, I had, you know, and looking back on that, it, it's so, it's such a loving thing to do, but how sad is that for me to have put people through that amount of worry? So um, I kind of got out of it. And then just when I feel like I was getting my, um, you know, like I didn't have like wobbly little pony legs, like I was finally getting my strength back, my mm -hmm. mom died unexpectedly. And that just put me on my ass. And I just felt really lost. I was just like, what am I going to do? I realized I had put so much emphasis on my um, ideas of success based on what she thought and what my, kind of what my dad, but really what my mom thought mm -hmm. and would make her proud. So 
I never lived for myself. And that was like the first time that I came to that realization of like, huh, I really do not know how to do anything positive for myself. It's always like numbing my feelings or losing myself in the relationships and thinking if mm -hmm. I could fix my partner, then, you know, then I don't have to worry about myself. And, you know, I didn't know how to love myself. So I was like, I'm not even going to try that. But, you know, I have this weird confidence still because, you know, I do know my stuff in certain aspects. And, you know, I am kind of cute, you know, like, but I'm, it's not <laughs> yes, true, it you know, like it's not true confidence where I'm just right. like, no matter where I go, what I do, who I speak to, like, I'm going to be me. I'm not going to be the best at everything, but I'm great. Um, it was very selected in those areas that I felt this kind of uh, faux confidence. And then mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I actually spoke to a couple people. I'm talking about like a month or two after she passed. And I was like, so, because ironically, I had done some research. So I had seen Catherine, uh, Catherine's, uh, John Hopkins uh, Catherine research. Queen. Yeah, Catherine McLean, um, who ironically we met later. Mm -hmm. And um, so I had done all this I was like, wait, if these, if, these, if these places are really doing this research, then maybe there's something to it. But part of me was just like, all right, there's no such thing as a magic pill. You know what I mean? Like I, was, I wasn't so naive that I was like, this is it. I, if I could just do this. But part of me also wanted it to be that easy. And everyone that I spoke to was like, nope, go to bereavement counseling. You need to heal yourself. Like your mom just passed. That's huge. You got to deal with that first. And I, of course, I didn't want to listen, but I did. I went to counseling and, you know, went to therapy and that was all great, but it never left me. And I want to say about nine months, 10 months after my mom passed, like I felt a lot better. I knew I was healing, but I was just like, maybe it's time to start researching. And that's when I found Catherine McLean was going to host a women's retreat in Jamaica. And I wanted to do, you know, I knew about ayahuasca just in my own curiosity, but I was like, I don't want any of that. <laughs> That's not what I need, you know, but the idea of, you know, this research is specific to psilocybin mushroom. Then also Dr. Rosalind Watts, you know, like I was like, okay, this I trust, this makes sense. I like the setting. I like the, you know, whole mm -hmm. like facilitator. That sounds cool because I'm still very much a nerd. So I need it to sound rational, rational and very scientific mm -hmm. and logical. Um, and so, yeah, so that's how I got to Jamaica. So I just took that step of faith and was just like, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's so brave. I remember when we met and um, we spoke about this story, your story. Um, I don't think I realized until slightly after how uh, relatively recent it was. Um, and I think it's brave. And I think I felt the same way that it, they were very experienced facilitators so it was it felt like a good well-held kind of space right 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 yeah. I think that was you know like and it's so I'm important I'm never gonna lie but I'm like there were certain things that definitely annoyed me but <laughs> oh yeah we've spoken about <laughs> oh them. yeah so um there's yeah there's definitely things that uh annoyed me but overall I wouldn't exchange it, exchange it for anything in the world because I also realized in those moments of just wanting to rip people's heads off, um, mm -hmm. just just being triggered in certain ways. I was just like, well, this, this is what I got to work on. Like, oh, you're showing wow. me my issues, you know? So even looking at that now, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, I do have issues dealing with people like this or, you know, feeling like they're bringing up these 
these feelings within me that I don't like to acknowledge or, you know, I'm able to see myself in people that might trigger me. And I'm like, ah, that's new. So yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Even so with all the, the bad shit, I'm like, it's a blessing, you know, if depending on how you choose to look at it. I mean, it's so weird. Cause my mom, it's, it's actually just turned three uh, years I saw on you Saturday. on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, man. So I can't believe it's been three years since she's been gone, but the amount of blessings that I've been given since she passed, like, mm. it's so weird. Cause I'm like, so much has happened and I feel guilty at times, but I'm like, it's well, not like things have been horrible since she left, you know? So I was like, it, part of me is like, oh, so she really is looking out for us. She's making yeah, all this magical she stuff happen be, for me. She would be and, very pr- proud. Um, yeah. Um, I was talking to someone recently about how your relationship with someone can change even after they've passed you know like oh, you carry, that relationship carries on existing and it's not absolutely like they're gone and they're just got I mean yeah I think that's the way people choose to deal with their grief if they're not open to it um I know everybody's different but I think it's easier for people to just think it's like they're gone there's nothing to do don't think about it don't open that box you know and just walk away from it that's their coping mm. mechanism but I think if you allow it um, you definitely gain wisdom and insight in ways that you couldn't have imagined, mm-hmm. you know, like, I think honestly death, you know, especially the death of a parent, uh, it gives you a certain grace, you know, it's part of growing up and growing old, you know, it's a hard freaking lesson, but wow, you know, powerful thing to say. yeah, it's, it's the, beautiful. yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, that was always a thing. I used to cry to my mom, like legit, two months before she's gone. I was like, mom, I just want to be strong like you. And she's like, kids, like, she's called me kiddo. Like she's called me a million and one things, but she'd be like, kiddo, like you have no idea like how strong you are. She's like, you'll see, you'll see. And I was like, I don't know. Blah, blah. Mm. And then I realized the reason why she was so strong is because she went through a lot of shit and had to learn how to still thrive, wow. you know, and all of this manure. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, like my mom in a, in a way was like a little magical mushroom you know mm, mama it's mushroom. in the shit yeah mama mushroom my original <laughs> mama mushroom so i know yeah. shout out to city <laughs> um so what was your experience so the for, for context again for the for the at the retreat we did three trips so yeah. the, the idea is that you go up slightly in dose every time is that well we were supposed to but that won't, won't, that didn't happen yeah unfortunately so <laughs> what did you do for your, what what was your dosage for your first trip and what was your right trip? so the first one was i think we got between 1 and 3 and i did 2.5 okay. because i just had a sense that i was going to have a high tolerance and i was right because i barely felt anything like i had visuals for like 5 mm-hmm. 10 minutes and then unfortunately i had that um that young lady who got really hysterical right next to me. Um, So that just like made me super annoyed. Then it was raining really hard. And then um, it's gotten better now, but I just have a super, super overactive bladder. And I actually worked that out on our third day trip as why I do that. It's a defense mechanism against anxiety and against being around new people. So (laughs) my bladder just has to pee. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Every like two seconds, I'm like peeing, like, 0.2 0.2 ounces of anything just right. trying to get out of the situation Especially when Anyways, it's raining. right so then <laughs> I'm wearing a tank top like short shorts it's raining outside there's no covering so when I come back into that you know that that room and it, there's concrete on the floor and it's not exactly comfortable I was yeah. just really 
I was just so angry. <laughs> like I was just like, this is BS. They said, if anybody gets really hysterical, they're going to take them aside. Cause they don't want to mess up everybody's trip. And I was like, you guys are liars. And I'm over here cold. And I just want like a warm bed. And I was like, this is bullshit. I was like, I got back pain. Cause I really do. I have arthritis and all kinds of crazy stuff going on with my back. So I'm like, this is, I'm not made for this. <laughs> and I just wanted to leave. And finally I was just, I couldn't. And I was just like, you got to stand up for yourself. And that's when I went to Mama Mushroom City, who is the amazing um, mushroom cultivator um, for Myco Meditations. And um, yeah, city. she, yeah, like I was just like, listen, I'm, I'm up there, but I'm not up there, up there. And this girl's not crying. And she just started laughing like this girl is too much. And um, that's when uh, Eric came up to me and was like, yeah, what's going on? And I was just like, uh, okay, hi. I was talking to her, but whatever, dude. Yeah, so I can't be here. Can I just like sit somewhere? Because this chick is like really, she's like, it's too much. It's just too yeah. much. And he's like, no, you got to stay here. You know, like we're all in ceremony. You got to stay here. And I'm like, mm. but I'm looking at him like I'm a grown ass woman. Like I got some gray hairs. Like you don't tell me what to do. <laughs> like I paid money. So, you know, like I get your ceremony, but it's not working, dude. Yeah. And, um, Finally, I just snapped at him. Like, I really was nasty. But like I said, just, I was not the saved, quote unquote, saved individual. <laughs> my, memory, my memory of that first trip, I mean, is different from yours, obviously, because I was also, I, 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 I tripped, I had like a very low level trip. But um, I remember me and you just like smoking weed <laughs> and like talking. Like, Dude, a that was the best about- part. The universe. <laughs> yes. Like, honestly, you know what? And that's what got to me because I just snapped at him and he was like, well, wait, you know, like, what do you want? And I was like, all I want is to sit right here in the corner away from the noise. I just want to sit here. Like, I won't go anywhere. I won't walk off. And then that's what upset me so much is that he's like, oh, okay. Oh, uh, yeah, fine. And then I'm like, wait, I see you. I see I'm like, wait, there's a couple of chicks back here. Why are you giving me so much shit? And I don't want to just be back here. And that's the thing, like, like looking up at the stars and like yeah, being just outside. exceptional as always. Yeah. You're like in the little corner with your like your long skirt, I believe, and like your little <laughs> shoulder hanging out. And I was just like, why? Yes, this is where I need to be. And then sure enough, that's all we did. We were just like back there. And then I remember they kept on coming back. They're like, guys, um, guys, keep it down. And we're like, oh, shut up, get out of here. <laughs> that was such a good first night, actually. And then it turned out to be a great first night but I also realized that that was a lesson for me too of learning how to speak up for myself Mm -hmm. because I will be so pissy and so like to myself but then I'm like it's rude you can't do that you know Mm -hmm. like it's a thing and you know and also waiting for somebody else to have courage so after that I really started stepping into my power to just speak up for myself because I was like if I'm feeling this way I know I'm not the only one and Mm -hmm. if I am the only one then so be it but turned yeah. out every time I tried, I was just like, oh, look, I'm not the only one. And people would be like, thank God you said something. I wanted to say something. I'm like, yes, you were we should not be hiding this. our voices. Like, what the hell? Which is probably why I have so many issues with my voice and my throat and like always you losing my me. voice. From one memory of you, I think you would make a great politician. <laughs> but like much better than the ones you have. Because I remember you were very good at that. You were very good at like feeling the, the vibe, the atmosphere of what maybe was being felt or thought, but not really communicated and then you were just very like good at being in circle and saying okay like I think this is the this is the case and then everyone would be like yeah me too so, you're very <laughs> and I'm good like, at that. I can just say anything um, <laughs> yeah um I've learned that that really is one of my gifts is being able to read a room read people um 
it's actually come up at like my last job that I was at for seven years that I could just look at a candidate who comes in and I'd just be like, nope, not them. And you're like, why? I was just like, I'm telling you, it's not going to work out. Or mm-hmm. I'd look at somebody else and be like, you know what? I think they'd be good. And then sure enough, nine times out of 10, within weeks or a couple of months, people are like, yo, you said it. I was like, I told you I'm an Oracle. So, yeah, well, that's, but, you know, you say these things, but you don't believe it. And then it's also like, um, not for anything superpowers. Why can't you help me figure this out with my relationships, my sucky ass relationships? <laughs> <laughs> so that was the first trip. And then the second trip, what did you dose then? And what I, did, I did six. Mm-hmm. I did six for six, the same okay. reasons because I was just like, okay, 2.5 is supposed to be getting me to moons and stars and that didn't happen. So I was like, right. I'm doing six. And it was the best decision I ever made. Like, um, it's so hard because I could feel it in my body, the experience, but it's so hard to like verbalize exactly what happened. But essentially all of the simple lessons that you read and anything from like the alchemist to like the four agreements to any one of Oprah's book club of the month about self-love and self-appreciation. And it all starts with love. It all ends with love. See yourself in others. Others are you. Um, all of these things were just like downloaded and it was like, Oh that, yeah, obviously. Oh, well, of course. Oh, oh, like I knew that, but I didn't know that. And it was just so easy. And also, oh man, that was like the heart. Oh, cause that was the thing. My trip would not start. My trip would mm. not start no matter what I was doing. Like I'm sitting there, I'm doing all the visual visualizations that, you know, Catherine and Eileen had said. Um, and I'm like, yeah, nothing, nothing. And finally it's like this image of like a mushroom and like a huge mushroom in front of me. And I start sinking it into the soil and I'm like, what the hell? So it's like blackness. <laughs> Thank you. I've been tripping now. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, this, but it just still felt natural. And then right. I rise again, but I'm rising through the middle of it. And I realized I go into the cap, which in my head, it was like an actual little room, like a little attic within it, which doesn't make any sense. Um, but whatever, it made perfect sense to me. And then I realized like the mushroom was, was like, Hey, this is who I am. You're chill. You're in me. I'm in you. Like we're going to do this. And what I really yeah. recognized was that I didn't trust myself to open my, myself up to the trip. And essentially I never trusted anyone, including my parents. Like I had such a wall up that I couldn't trust anything. And I cried so hard because the mushroom was the very first thing that I actually trusted, like mine. Oh, I'm getting chills right now. Mind, body, spirit, because it was the absolute truth. Like I was like, this thing, this little mushroom loves me more and loves us more than we can ever imagine or even deserve because I think we're such little shits as a society. (laughs) So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was a dope moment. Yeah, that sounds incredible. I've never heard that story before. And did so you you had like a mystical experience? Yeah, um, this feeling of love and connectedness. Yeah, I mean, talked to my inner child, held her like. So my mom is a little girl. So my great grandmother, like they were all little girls at different ages from like four to twelve. Yeah, and like they all. Oh my god, I'm getting so many chills remembering this. Um, because I haven't spoken about this in like ages. It feels it's only been like a year and a half. Well, that is a long time. It's only been a year and a half since we since we met. But whatever. Uh, anyway. <laughs> well, yeah. So like, I I realize that that's part of my journey too is to heal all of this intergenerational trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a believer of epigenetics and that there are you know trauma markers that we leave on our DNA um, that do travel in between generations and 
yeah, for me, I was just like, oh man, like I'm getting this unconditional love that just not for myself, but for my mom and my great aunts and great uncles and like all of these women in the family who never felt good enough, who never mm. felt appreciated or seen. Um, yeah. Oh man. But yeah. That was wow. incredible. And then yeah. the lesson was, um, well, many fold, but one of them was that you needed to love yourself or absolutely absolutely and then for the first time and okay honestly i haven't been able to do it since i meditated for like 25 freaking minutes you were tripping yes like i just sat there and i got like this image of like my third eye was like this window portal but the inside of it was like this huge like cavern and it was like you could see like a bird flying into the sunlight and like all of these rocks and like moss This is when covered. you saw the, um, the bird. Yes. And the bird was just flying and I was like, whoa, where's this cave at? Mm. And then I realized like it was flying into the sunlight and I realized like the shape of the cave was me. Mm. And I was just like, oh, this is the point of meditation. Like you just are, <laughs> like you're not trying <laughs> to do anything. You just are. The problem is, I have not been able to get back there. Well. Like, I suck so bad. I suck so bad when it comes to meditating. Like I cannot quiet my brain, even if I just focus on the breath. Like I get yeah. like three minutes, and I'm like, ah. I hear you. I'm the same. It takes me really my my ego. I don't know if it's my ego, but I think, I think it is the ego. My ego is extremely is loud. Yeah, it's just like, oh, you need to do this. Oh, you need to do that. Look at me. Can you think about this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Um, oh man. Yeah. Okay. I, I feel better knowing that I'm not alone because I feel like everybody is just like, oh, I meditate and yeah. you know, I do, well, I do this. And I'm like, I can't, I try so hard. <laughs> I try so hard every time, every yeah. time I'm like in that space or in that head, I'm like, oh, I'll do it now. And nope. Well, I just I think, either fall asleep or my mind starts racing. Well, this is, uh, this is a bit off topic, but I'll come back in a sec. But I think with meditation, what my meditation teaches them is like, there is no such thing as bad meditation, but just sitting there, and even if you're just letting your ego go and overdrive, like even then, sometimes it helps me organize my thoughts for the day, you know? So I get what you're saying. Useful. But anyway. I mean, yeah, no, I think you're, you're onto something about that. Cause I think just being present and observing, like I've learned, um, that's a form of meditation, whether or not it feels like it. Okay. I just want to be able to let go of that chatter and yeah. just quiet that mind the way it was in that moment. Yeah. But I am grateful that I'm more mindful, um, especially like, oh, when I think about how it like how abusive I was to myself on a mental level of just like, oh, you're so stupid. Like, oh, you're so dumb. And like, this is why, like, oh, you always got to add, like always tearing myself down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, I almost started to cry the other day thinking about that. I was like, oh my God, like I really was my own worst. And like, I would hear that you're your own worst enemy, but I never knew what that meant. And it was just like, it was the fact that I wasn't even on, on my side about yeah. anything. I was like always against myself. And I was like, how horrible is that? Mm. And, you know, I know that's through training, but, you know, say lovey. It is what mm. it is. All right, back on track. Yeah. Well, no, I, w- I would like to talk more about like, your experience after the trips, but like, let's stay on the second trip. Yeah. So, <laughs> is that, well, no, just to try and create some stress. No, no yeah, um, absolutely. The, it sounds like you had very visual trips because my trips are, tend to be less visual in terms of like straight hallucinations. I'm really jealous that you can have that experience like with the going into the mushroom. I don't have trips like that. Um, um, well, it's kind of, uh, 
when I hear about other people then I'm like, oh, I'm not visual at all. And I'm like, you're such a little brat. You just want, you know, like a kid, you want everybody else's stuff. <laughs> I just want to play with someone else's stories. Yeah. Exactly. You're like, that's shiny and new. I don't want the green one. I'm like, no, yeah. I do have a lot of visualizations, but I also have, have had very cerebral based where, um, matter of fact, the last one I had was, yeah, it was very much like no visuals. Like even when they just started, like, I was like, oh man, maybe these are some really like, I don't know what's going on. And I just got up, you know, I got up and I was like, oh, I guess it's not happening. And I just started to do laundry. And that's when it activated the trip, but it was nothing. It was nothing visual. It was all cerebral, like all thought patterns and, and downloads and memory recall and so I've had I've had both and then I've had other ones where literally I'm like I don't know what's real because I'm seeing so many layers happening at the same time I'm overwhelmed and I don't know which one is real Mm -hmm. um and then you you know then you're also like but it is all real so then (laughs) you're very confused because you know you're just in these spaces where yeah and they're overlapping and you're you're seeing the different connections of timelines and it's firing off so fast that your brain almost can't catch up yeah. to what's happening, at least for, for me. And then other times I've had really like fun, like just like bubbles and butterflies, like literally bubbles and butterflies well, and happy music. That was, and, our, like, the- that was our third, our third. Oh <laughs> dude, like that was amazing. Like we went to Narnia. <laughs> we went to Narnia guys. <laughs> we were in Narnia. Like I remember when I said that and your eyes just like, was like, yes, this is exactly like Narnia. I was like, you see what I see. And everything was just amazing. And I remember feeding everybody those damn sea grapes and everybody's like, you're going to poison us. I'm like, shut up and eat them. And it was great. <laughs> yeah, so the, for the third trip, we uh, so the, I, for you and I both, I think the second trip was more internal. You yes, know, it was soul searching, this going down um, into the light. And then the third trip, we did outside during the daytime. Um, yeah. And it was just a very different vibe. And it's really interesting. Something's crossing my mind as I'm talking about this, which is I saw Roz, who we were on in Jamaica with, do a talk <laughs> recently um, at a psychedelics conference in Berlin. And they've got this new model for the studies they do. Um, uh, it's called, or oh, I can't remember what the model's called. Ah, but basically, it's. Um, this way of visualizing your experience so that you go down into the depths and that's like underneath the ocean and you dive for oysters and the oysters are sort of the insights that you get from being in this really dark place, you know? Um, Oh, I like that. Yeah. And then it's like like a cycle. It's like a cycle. So you go down, you dive for oysters, but then you come up and you see the sunrise and the horizon and you, you know, the beauty and it's like this cyclical way of looking at trips. So I feel like our second trip was like this diving for oysters. And our third trip was like coming into the sunrise. Because yeah. we were in the most magical of places, like you're in Jamaica. And yeah, the reason Yeah, why- it was like we actually got to like see and experience. And I mean, and not for nothing, shout out to Eileen Hall, who was our like artistic our mm-hmm. art director of uh, <laughs> of our art integration and and that kind of stuff. Um I think she was like the perfect balance for Catherine. Like Catherine was like very serious and very like she has a regimen and we're going to follow it. And Eileen's like, well, whatever, you know, sometimes boom. And you're like, uh, okay, like, I like this chick. Like, what's she about? And we're like, we're going to draw on some black cards. And you're like, okay. 
That's cool. Um, there was a good mix of different kind of energy. Yeah, like she was like, <laughs> like Catherine was like strict mom and Eileen was like cool mm. mom. And like <laughs> Rosalind was like another cool mom. <laughs> like, But I, you Sister. know, like looking back, like I can't imagine Catherine doing what she did. Like being pregnant, oh, wow. um, you know, with 18 women who she really doesn't know, um, you know, in the specific, <clears throat> and I've kept on feeling that that anxious stress of like, this is all on me. God forbid anything happens. Like, this is on me. Like, I, you know, like she put a lot on the line, you know, but st still stepped out on faith. So I totally get it. I totally get it. Cause I was like, oh man, I could, that's how I would be. I'd be so serious, like in the moment of trying to make sure that everybody's okay and we get through this and, and everybody's in one piece that, you know, it almost takes away from the experience. And then Eileen was like, they'll be fine. And, yeah, you know, we, we, were, we wanted to be We out. really were. We really but, wanted um, to like go I'm to so sleep. grateful because <laughs> I remember Catherine was like, nobody gets in the ocean. And we're like, yeah, okay, whatever. And we're like, Eileen. <laughs> and Eileen was like, all right, but don't it was a bit like It was a bit like being at school. And actually, I think that's it what was. I'm about. So I've been thinking a lot about this because um, there was a really like childish quality to to that day that we had it was like you know we were in Narnia we had these like people that were supposed to be looking out for us and we had to like be naughty and like try and get away from them and we were just <laughs> full of bubbly like stuff right it was but I don't even think it was that bad to be honest because I remember <laughs> we started corralling towards the back to where the path went to the beach and like they were like guys guys and uh because one of the girls you know she was having a really tough time and she was on yeah. the parachute and Catherine was parachute. really working yeah it was literally a parachute I didn't realize that oh, yeah. I thought that's what she was just calling it but I was like oh oh it's a little tiny parachute so it was like a safety net or whatever and um yeah like I just remember um of having to reassure them I'm like we're not going anywhere but we also want to be respectful of what she's going through because i know what i feel like when i'm going through something and i hear somebody like laughing loudly knowing that i'm over here crying uncontrollably it makes me feel away so mm -hmm. i'm not trying to be a jerk but mm -hmm. also why can't somebody take the cool kids out to the beach <laughs> while you deal with this one woman who needs you and i get that she needs you and there's other people still you know downloading this stuff and they're still an experience yeah. and that's fine but yeah. there's a bunch of us because at that point it was like maybe eight of us yeah we were like we were like yo we're ready to go mm -hmm. and then i remember like Roz was another one who was like all right if it's me and eileen you girls and i'm like <laughs> and that's when i was like i'm meant to be a facilitator because i was just like i got this i'll walk us there like don't worry i know where the path I remember, is i remember like, <laughs> you walking there. like i have a really strong like visual memory of you walking to the beach and you were, like we were so excited that we were finally allowed to go to <laughs> Oh, uh, it was, it was, it was just a really special experience. It was so amazing. I, I mean, the way the brush looked as we walked the path, then how blue the water was. Oh my God. I just got the visual of us all standing on the shore while like the sand looked like diamonds and we were all staring up at the moon. Yeah. Like I mean, incredible, sorry. man. Incredible. Um, so what you've done other trips since, right? And, and I, yes. and, because obviously we were in this, beautiful location in the caribbean but the you know majority of people and me most of the time that was a very <laughs> specific rare thing that i did by going to jamaica like being able to go to jamaica um how has it been for you doing um 
doing them in a different location when you haven't been in nature? Uh, yeah, um, I would have to say um, the ones in nature, I, I read a little cartoon somewhere and it was just like, um, oh, I did 10 grams on my couch Saturday. And it's like this older, like, like you could just tell like uh, this older kind of like a uh, spiritual man. It's like, wow, I did, you know, half a gram in nature mm -hmm. and I got so much more out of it. And I think yeah. there's something so truthful about that little cartoon because, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, the, the times that I have been able to be in nature, mm -hmm. it's just, there's something extra that my soul is given. There's something extra that I, I feel like I'm remembering and regaining mm -hmm. that cannot cannot be grasped in, in, in indoors, you know? Um, I mean, even, I think, I think that's what made uh, that third trip so magical, you know, in Jamaica, because we were in, you know, that space that had a covering, but it was still more like a room and there were trees around, but it really wasn't, you know, nature, nature. Mm -hmm. Whereas I feel that last day we were out laying on the grass, and laying in chairs. It was daytime. We could see the sky. We can, yeah. you know, hear the, the birds, bird. <laughs> the birds, the vulture that kept on going by. We oh my God. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's insane. So um, because the it's bird actually thing happened is, again. Uh, I'm just explaining it. The bird thing was we were just, we saw this one vulture who was flying yeah. over us and he kept on coming back and it really, I know this sounds insane on reflection, it does. but, but <laughs> oh it really God, felt like true. this bird was coming back to like check on us. But he kept um, on coming closer and then doing flips and like spins yes. and like coming back. And then every time we would cheer louder and louder, he would kind of like come back and race and race <laughs> and race back and forth. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah, because, we um, you know, spiritually for me, um, being a follower of the Yoruba faith, uh, we believe in a deity, uh, Oshun, who's like the mm -hmm. owner of all things that make life worth living. She wears gold and, you know, honey. And um, in one of her um, avatars of sorts is um, a peacock who flies up to the sun to gain the favor, favor of God on behalf of man and ends up burning off all of the feathers and turning into the vulture. So that's why, mm -hmm. oh God, just got me chills again. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, so that's why for me, it was amazing because I have, you know, like that avatar of, uh, of Oshun is so close to me and to see that like represented, it just was like a sign of all the things that make life worth living are coming my way. Like it was the official blessing that I was just like, oh my God, like all the wow. things that I've struggled through, like it's going to be okay it's going to be okay. And then to see you guys also witness, like you guys had no idea like what that meant to me, but I was like, it's a good, it's a good omen. Like it's a good thing. And they're like, I don't know what it is, but it's good for her. Yeah, and the fact that you guys supported me in yes. that moment and shared in that, like that wow. means the world, the world to me. So yeah. Oh man. I'm like, Oh, I have so many <laughs> goosebumps. Like it's ridiculous. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah, man. It was so, yeah, so, don't so do great. It. Do it in Thanks. nature. Yeah, <laughs> Long story so, short, do it in nature. And do it in nature for sure. Because I mean, I mean, they've had a lot of success, as we all know, in the studies of on psilocybin for depression in in hospitals. So 
it is possible. I mean, people can, it's still. Oh, absolutely. But it's definitely better to do it in nature if possible. If it's, you know, say, but it's more important that you're safe because I think the thing is about our experiences, it was really held. Whereas I think I had a friend that did mushrooms in a mountain um, and had a really bad trip. It was like very uncontained. So I think. um, I mean, yeah, that could be it too. I mean, if you don't feel, you know, like if you're on a mountain and it's like steep and you, you're, you're not secure in your surroundings, then that's not a good setting exactly. for you. It can be exactly you know? set and setting is very important. Yeah. Um, so somewhere you feel safe. Um, um, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I think that's another reason why that third day was so magical as well. Cause we had bonded twice. Like the first day yes. is like, not so yes. much. We were still nervous. You know, the second day we we're like, oh man, especially with the revival that was happening across the, <laughs> across the field. It was like freaking people out. Like, so we had like these deep experiences and we felt, I know at least I felt vulnerable enough where I can share them with somebody and mm-hmm. not feel weird. And I was like, no, we all saw the magic. Like we were all there. So by the third day, it was kind of like our celebration, you know, um, of sorts. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think it's a shame, was well, a shame maybe that a lot of mushroom retreats that exist out there, I know in the Netherlands and the UK or I don't know where, I guess there's probably some in Canada now, are they legal? Um, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I feel like, because that's the other thing too, there's um, but they, what I was gonna Oakland say and another, where is it, in Colorado, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's decriminalized. But I'm like, that's not legal, you know? So no. it's that thing too of these loopholes that, you know. So the Netherlands is a lot of where they are here. And they're oftentimes they're just for one weekend, you know, which is, again, super, um, super successful and super um, amazing experiences. But I think there was something special about doing it for 10 days. So I think um, people can again, just take from that. It's really good to trip with people that you feel really close to spiritually. Yeah, um, absolutely. Or just, yeah. you know, love people you love and you trust. Definitely. Um, yeah, no, I'm totally with you on that. Um, I think going the other way of like having an experience with people that you trust, who know, who has seen the magic and experienced the magic. A guide. Um, the healing there's something i mean even if you're just all there and nobody's facilitating um yeah which you know i actually am i lying i think i'm lying yeah yeah, yeah. because we always have somebody there uh, but it's nice to have to a trip sitter not necessarily right. facilitate right and this is a yeah thing i was going to ask you about because i know that you have done some trip sitting but yeah i mean it, it can be very good to have someone there who um who isn't taking the drugs i did an experience last summer not the summer just went but the summer before in the woods and it was with a group of women and one of their partners was there and he was in a tent you know close by but it just i mean it didn't really bother me but it was just nice to know that somebody yeah and it can be good (laughs) to like create the conditions why a bad trip doesn't happen um, if you're nervous, if someone's nervous or something, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that's part of it too, though, is like, well, number one, the name bad trip, you know, and everybody thinks it's like the worst case scenario that, you know, you're going to want to fly off a cliff or something like that. And it's yeah, not that at all. That one. Or it's going to be like some weird, like, 
visual where you're going to feel like you're on a roller coaster and throw up on yourself. Like, it's not like that either. It's just looking at the deepest, darkest parts of yourself, which let's be honest, if we were so willing and eager to face them, we wouldn't be taking <laughs> these high doses. It's not to easy. Release this. You know, it isn't easy. It is not easy. And then if you don't have that mindset, that's like, no matter what happens, this is what, you know, because I do believe that no matter what comes up, it's for my healing, it's for my benefit, and it's out of love, even mm -hmm. though it might be difficult. And I've had very difficult trips, very difficult trips. I mean, where I, I you know, I, it took me like a good three weeks to integrate, like, yeah, like realizing that why I had such an angry inner child and realizing it was because, you know, I would never get the validation that I wanted from my father. Um, and just, you know, having like, what do we do with that? Like, there's no cure for that. <laughs> like, I got to validate myself and then journaling. And I mean, some of it, it, it is difficult, but nobody, I don't think anybody deals with it. And then goes like, yeah, no, nah, I, I, I was better off not dealing with that. It's like, no, right. you're always better off. So it's like having that faith that you're stronger than you think, that uh, you're way more powerful than you think. Um, and more capable. Like, I think that's a, that's another thing we condition ourselves. Like a lot of times we're like, we're a victim and we need somebody. I know that's for me up and down. I was like, I need somebody to save me. Like, cause I'm too weak. I'm too this, I'm too that. And I've mushrooms are showing me like, girl, you got this, like, you're going to save yourself. And I have been saving myself and I've been rocking it out. I'm not perfect. I got a lot to learn, mm -hmm. but considering where I was two years ago, a year and a half ago. Wow. Like, and it's amazing to hear people who know me, who has seen the depression, who, has, who know me to be like somewhat suicidal at times, who has seen the bitter Taina who just cuts herself off and is not engaged. And they're like, girl, like you've changed. And I'm like, okay, because I feel it. But the fact that you see it, I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So have you had, since you came back, have you had any kind of, was it, has it just been kind of uphill from coming back from Jamaica or like what's been that? journey's been like um, integration it's been journey. a roller coaster like um to be honest like I came back and I was like that's it I'm like cured I am cured I got on that plane and I was just like nothing can stop me because I've seen Narnia and <laughs> I know what's real and none of this is real and blah 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 and no sooner I touched the door and went home my dad was such a little shit like not even joking. Like I get in the house and he's just like, Oh, hi. And I'm like, Hey, what's going on? And he's just like trying to start a fight. And I'm like, finally, I'm like, dad, like what happened? I missed you. Like, why are you doing this? And he would just not let up. And I literally had to collect my luggage and I'm like, you know what? Okay. Have a good night. And I cried when I got upstairs. Cause I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> like, yeah. I realized like, you know, if you want to change something, you have to show up differently. And I'm like, but I did show up differently and he's still an asshole. <laughs> so, you know, I'm like, well, that failed. Then at the, at that point I was trying to get an apartment, um, you know, cause that's what my mom wanted and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, I got all the way to the end, like interviewing for the co-op and like all of these things, multiple loans and kept on losing the apartment. Like, every single time. So finally I'm like, does God not want me to be happy? Like all I want is a safe place for myself and my two cats. And you know, like I just, I need my alone time. Like, why can't I get that? And now, then I gave that up and I was like, all right, maybe it's time to start a business. So I'm in the process of doing that. Um, wow. but it also led me to breadcrumbs. So, so I ended up sitting for, uh, this person and, end up having like this really deep experience that if 
I didn't, if I didn't have witnesses, I would have convinced myself that I was batshit crazy and it didn't happen. And I felt like a complete, and I feel like the, the term is so overused, but I did feel like a true shaman, a true curandero or curandera, like somebody who truly heals with just energy and plants. And yeah, so I did this cleaning and I got this energy out of like, out of this person and to see other people witness it. And they're like, how do you know? Like, that was the most insane thing that I ever saw. Like, you you were meant for this. And I was like, I keep feeling like I'm meant for this. So then after that, I got certified in Reiki uh, professionally and crystal healing. So I'm trying to get more, you know, credibility of sorts and more training. But there's definitely something in there that, I, you know, that I've discovered. And uh, this was after she, after the trip, did she like speak about this? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that was a thing too. Um, is because I remember Catherine saying something to the effect of like, it doesn't leave you once you're in the space, like it's calling you before you take it and it calls you afterwards, like nothing is a mistake. And, you know, it sounds great, but you realize that there really is something to it. So even if you're on nothing or really extremely low dose where you shouldn't be feeling anything per se, like it's amazing how that energy just courses through your body. And mm-hmm. yeah, it just fills up the space and you're in this this new world, mm. this new world. And, and that was kind of like the comment. She was just like, I felt like you were there with me. Mm. And I'm like, dude, I was there with you. I don't know how I was there <laughs> with you. But I was like, everything you were saying, like, I remember you said this and that. I just, you know, I just want to do more of it because there's something so, it's like being a doula of sorts. Yeah, the way course, I a midwife. See it. Because the person is doing all of the work and you're just there to support, but to bear witness to something that's so personal and so, I mean, just amazing. I mean, I, it's, it really gives me life. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, oh man, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> like I mean, in terms of my current job, I worked <laughs> so hard for over 10 years to get to and I'm like, yeah, this sucks. <laughs> I want to be a healer. I do. Yeah. I really do. So I don't Part-time know how it's going to happen, but I have faith. But coming back to the experience after Jamaica, um, was it, like I said, so you came back and your dad was trying to start oh, yeah. a fight so with you. It was like that. Everything was falling apart. Um, so a lot of the habits that I really swore after seven days and, you know, in this retreat, I was like, I got rid of it, kicked it to the curb. They were there. Mm-hmm. They were there. And that did bring on a freaking depression again. And I was like kind of dumbfounded. I was like, wait, how is this possible? Because the, the, the research says this doesn't happen. But I realized that it's not that it's the anxiety or depression is washed away. You now have tools to deal with it. And after I spent one whole day in bed, just like old times, and like the second day was about to start, and <laughs> like my mind was just like, um, so you really just gonna lay here? And I was just like, yes. And I was like, I hate this, and blah, 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 and this sucks, and that sucks. And it's like, yeah, yeah, okay, I know, okay. But um, so you really just gonna lay here? It's like, what's gonna happen? And it's like, I'll lay here. And it's like, until when? And it's like, I don't know, until I feel better. And it's like, yeah, when is that usually? And I'm like, in months. And it's like, right. And then what happens? I was like, I'm going to get up. And it's like, right. And I was like, and I'm going to get back on my feet. And it's like, okay. And then I realized it's like, 
oh, I'm just wasting time. So literally, I was just like, I got up and I was like, all right, I still feel like shit, but there's nothing a bed is going to do for me. And I never felt like that before. Like before I felt like my bed was my safe haven just to get away from the world. And, and yeah, afterwards I was just like, yeah, this is a habit. And I was like, this doesn't work. We know this doesn't work. So why are we doing it? And I was like, I don't know. So I was like, let's try something different. And I went to start doing something differently, yeah. um, getting out of the house, you know, um, just going for walks and things like that. Um, I realized I felt like this weird guilt. Like I didn't want to have too much fun because I feel like I hadn't earned it because I hadn't done anything to gain notoriety or, you know, status or it's so weird. Um, so I started to break out all of that. So yeah, it's something that would take two, three months for me to get over or a year, uh, two years to get over. Um, was taking like a week, days, you know, like, and that's, I was like, oh, okay. And it's amazing where things happen now. And, you know, I still might get upset at something or things don't upset me that would really grind my gears before. So I've seen the, the process, but it really wasn't easy for me because yeah, coming back to your life when a lot of it isn't supportive and conducive for healing are gonna kind of like bring up all of that, that gunk that you thought you got rid of, um, in the safe space of being on a trip. So, mm. um, yeah, it was difficult for me, but you know, I, I, I learned a lot and I learned, I had a lot more to offer myself and the world and just to have faith in that. And I never had that before. So that's, that's awesome. Is there anything that I've like, like, is there anything like really important, like the, the, the about your journey since the trip, um, that yeah, that we haven't covered or we haven't spoken about? Ah, uh, I don't know. I feel like oh man, there's so like again, there's so many different avenues to go down. Um, yeah, yeah. I I mean, just to keep on pushing myself, which is something I've never been able to do. Um. Like usually when I'm so insecure, I'll just think myself out of something and not do anything. And I'm not like that. Like I still have my moments where I, when I really pause and I'm scared shitless, but there's still something inside of me. Like you've got to do this. And I'm like, yeah, no. And then I get back to work <laughs> and yeah, I've never had that. Hmm? Do you feel like the person that's this like other person that's talking to you, is that someone that you met for the first time on the trip or did you feel this I mean, I felt like she always wanted to be there, but then my ego would come and be like, shut up. You're being soft. You're being, you know, like, oh, this is why. Mm. So, and I realized that that was like my, my higher self or <clears throat> yeah, but the better version of myself that I wanted to believe in. But when you have somebody who's constantly bullying you and they're you, mm. um, <laughs> you almost tell that other voice, you know, it's like the little angel and the devil. And if the devil's always poking you, you can't even hear the angel. And um, <clears throat> yeah, so I've learned to really quiet down. And even then it comes up, you know, like I feel like these are lifelong habits and lifelong triggers and traumas that, that we have that we're trying to wash away of sorts, but the stains are still going to be there. It's just, you know, we could really lighten that stain to where you almost don't even see it, but yeah, it's, it's part of who you are. It's part of your journey. But um, yeah, even when that happens, you know, like I give myself compassion, which was, and that's what I realized too, by giving myself compassion, I'm able to be a better person to other people and give them compassion, even if they might not deserve it necessarily, but I could see it. I'm like, oh, you hate yourself. Oh my God, you're being so insecure right now. Oh, yeah. you know, like, 
oh, okay, you're like a man child, you know, like you're just a hurt little boy in a man's body and you don't even see that about yourself. And I'm like, yeah, that sucks. That used to yeah. be me. You know what I mean? So I, I feel the same way. I feel like since some of my psychedelic experiences, I just feel, uh, and I, I don't know, I find it really hard to believe that anyone is like fully bad because I'm just, you know, everyone's just hurting. A lot of people yeah, are just hurting. Man. Um, and it comes out in really ugly ways. Um, it really does. And because you realize, right, uh, that inner child is the ego and the ego is the inner child. Mm-hmm. And it's really just an angry, hurt child who's like, well, what about me? Mm. But now this person also has money and a credit card and, you know, like power now. Responsibilities. Have as, yeah, that you didn't have as a child. So the repercussions of you lashing out, they really do have true consequences for you and for others around you who mm-hmm. suffer you know, at your, at the, at those, at those behaviors. So yeah, it's, it's been amazing. It's been amazing to find this voice within me who is not super freaking critical of myself and of others. And, you know, everybody has to live up to the, to the standard that I have. And no, man, not at all. Like I, I still got to relax some of my standards for myself. <laughs> like, you know, I just want to live a great life and, and figure out how to help people on their journey, you know, in a lot of ways that I feel like I needed during that first year, uh, you know, the, especially the first three to six months where I was just like, well, wait, it's not working. There's something wrong with me. Does it? It's like, no, there's nothing wrong with me. It's just, this is a new life. This is a, you know, a new experience. And I still have to go back to my life. It, you just don't get to walk away and be like, oh, this is the new me and I get a new life. No, you still got to go back to the shit and fix it. So Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I really do want to help support people in that, not just in the journey of leading up to, you know, something, something so deeply spiritual, but how do they, um, as they say, you know, first the ecstasy, then laundry, you know, like that book. And I was like, <laughs> it's so true because that's exactly what it feels like. It's like, ah, oh, but I met God today. And it's like, yeah, but you still got to pick up the kids and cook dinner and do all this other stuff. So get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's mitigating all of those type of issues that arise um, for a new person on their journey um, who may not be able to like truly afford all of the time and money to work with somebody one-on-one long-term, you know, like, yeah. So I want to f- find a way to really support the community because it's growing, you know, that's one thing, oh, yeah. you know, like five, six years ago, nobody even heard really of ayahuasca. Like I did because I was interested. I saw a documentary. I was like, oh, that's really cool. Um, but I'm hearing it more and more and more people, people who I never thought would be even open to the idea of discussing it now or want to pick my brain yeah. because, they, you know, they also see the change where they're like, Oh, wait, this isn't like some overnight, like, huh. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not dependent and, you know, you don't become addicted and interesting, you know, and mm-hmm. how might it change our society if we just allowed it?
Two-way show.